everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yo, welcome back to another episode of the Rap Dad Podcast. I'm Junes, and as always, across from me, melancholy, damn straight, and we are back with a uh, a very very special guest. I'm excited for this. This is uh, somebody that melancholy and I had on our guest list forever, a ye- well over a year ago when, when we, we first started. started. We put out a list of people we wanted to talk to. And he, this guest was one of them. I had no idea how to get a hold of him. He's Elusive. not on social medias. He's like, he's like that creature that people talk about in the jungle and shit. <laughs> you know about him. He's There's evidence of him. Um, <laughs> it, it's crazy. Um, we have Richie Pinelli in the house, formerly known as Apprentice. What's up? Dude, so stoked yeah, to have you here. I'm yes. stoked to be here. Thanks for letting me on the show. It's an honor to have you here. Like, I mean, I'm not lying when I said that. We, ha- oh, I yeah. have a list on my phone of everybody that we've wanted, we've had, and you, Idle Hands, Tone, we've been lucky enough to pretty much have all of them. Yeah. Pretty much everybody yeah. that we've wanted to. You Some good dads right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No, it's uh, it's amazing to have you uh Especially because, like, like I said, you're so elusive. We were talking for <laughs> for a minute before we started recording, and we were getting into some stuff. And I, I was getting excited. Like, I wanted to keep talking about it, but I also got to save it. The listeners have got to hear this stuff because yeah, it's yeah. amazing, man. You, you you've changed your name um, from Apprentice to Richie Pinelli. Oh, hold on. Socials first, right? That's true. Yeah, that's that's right. He All has right, social right. medias again now. Yeah, look at Let's that. Let's drop your social medias because now you have social media. So you are on Instagram and mm-hmm. you're back on Facebook, both under Richie Pinelli. Under Richie Pinelli, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's obviously going to be tagged down below in the description. Yep. So yep, you guys yep. don't have to worry about going and searching. Just drop down below in the description. Hit the link. Give the man a follow because he's got some fire on the way. It's absolute fire. We've been lucky enough to get a sneak peek of quite a few of it. So. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, and we also have a Spotify page. His new single is going to be on there, and you know the music that he drops is going to be on there. That's down in the description. Hmm. Give our Instagram page a follow at the Rap Dad Podcast. Damn, you can follow me at Reno Junes. Yep. Follow Melancholy at Melancholy Seven Seven Five. That's the one. Yep. And very last thing, make sure you rate and review. Do it. Five stars. Five stars. Let us know how we're doing. What we could do better. Thumbs up. It means a lot doesn't cost you anything takes three seconds but it matters a lot to us so please definitely do. all right now that that's out of the way you're hopping right in man yeah, you're I'm, too excited. I'm so excited man no like i've been thinking about this since you know um quote unquote his manager was like yeah we can get it done you know and i contacted him and we had a date set up so i'm i've been stoked about this yes, for sir. several weeks so anybody that knows you for the last 10 12 15 years of your music career you've gone by apprentice mm-hmm. what what made the change, the name change? I mean, I love it. I think that it's 
now, especially nowadays, using your name, and you have a very... Uh, Italian. Yeah, it stand out though. <laughs> you have a very Google bull. Yeah, name. yeah, Google? Richie Pinelli. It's yeah. like it's just nice sounding. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, like some uh, almost thanks. like on some mobster shit kind of. <laughs> but it, it's just you know it's. It, it's funny. There was pages and pages of. I was trying to think of a new name for like a year, and I'd have my kids help, and finally it just ended up being my regular name. You know, nothing else just sounded right. And, yeah. I, and I think it fits you so perfect because, it. As long as I've known you and listened to your music, you've never like had this like like I don't know character as apprentice or something like that. You've always just been Richie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With your music, you're you're pretty transparent. You write about you know you always write about topics and stuff. It's never just like some random stuff. Right. So I feel like it fits you perfect. I feel like that's the reason it took so long is because maybe it was had had to come full circle. Fun fun uh, backstory when. Uh, when I got the name Apprentice, it was because I had to have a name that started with an A. When I went to um, Utah State, I was on a track scholarship. It's where I met Pharaoh. We formed Dormu Music. But our, our original okay. name was R-A-P, and it was an acronym. And, uh, I, and so we had Ramesses, who was Pharaoh, Precision, whose name's Rick Randall, and he's doing some things in, in Atlanta, and then me. And... Uh, it was there was like ashes to ashes and things that just weren't sticking, uh-huh. and then apprentice and I I put that on there <laughs> because so many people you know kind of took me under their wing and like dialect and dash and pharaoh and kind of gave me a shot and I felt like I was learning from them, so apprentice okay. seemed to fit for a long time. Okay, yeah, that makes, yeah. Sense. makes sense. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. I mean, I've known you for a while, but I've never ever like pried or asked any questions. So mm-hmm. that but, yeah, I. That's crazy. All of these stories for our guests' names are always something like that, especially right. when they're younger, when they're first starting out. Yeah, there's yeah. always, like, usually, like, this story that goes along mm-hmm. with it. Um, but I didn't know it was because you guys were starting a group. So you've been making music with Pharaoh since you've been making music, right? Um, Pharaoh came in a little bit later. The first person... Gosh, I mean, if you go way back, it was it was like making mixtapes for cheerleaders in in seventh grade, you know, on okay, a boombox. So, you, so and, you've been are you have you you've been rapping for a minute? Then. But but not rapping, just I like the the production side of it. So oh, okay. I would hear it and wish I could do it, but had no clue how to. So we would take a you know maybe a boombox with two track cassettes and and kind of dub over it and make a little mix and you'd always have to have a segue so you'd get big daddy kane saying uh or something you know (laughs) yeah yeah, so anyways we'd make these little mixtapes for cheerleaders to dance to at assemblies then we made our little mixtape with like movie samples over soundtracks and and so it began there and then a friend of mine mike conley uh we we got a little drum machine and we and a mixer and we started making our own stuff then lamont allen who played basketball at nevada we bought an ASR-10. Damon showed us how to use that. And so I was an apprentice to all these people showing us how to do it. Okay. So I made beats. And when I talked about meeting Pharaoh at Utah State, I still was only making beats. Okay. Production. And I'd make beats um, solely. So it wasn't until, like, right around that time, Pharaoh had me actually try to write a verse. And that's where that all came from. That is so Damn. dope. Mm-hmm. The origin story. Right. <laughs> that's fucking, that's, that's very, very, very interesting. Um, so dorm room music you guys made in college, which, I mean, I think I, I think I heard that. That's very fitting. That's kind of a dope-ass mm-hmm. name, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, you guys have been running that for a long time. It's, it's, I mean, it's been your guys' collective since I've ever heard of you guys. 
Yeah. I mean, it's... It literally was formed in a dorm room. (laughs) That's so so awesome. And so uh, it was a good fitting name for it. And, um, you know, Pharaoh was the best teammate to have. He's he's a leader by nature. He's a Leo, and he's very... You know, he was like the leader on the Utah State basketball team, and and he's just a leader by nature. So it was easy for me to follow in that step. And to be honest, that people like Dash, people like Demond, people like Pharaoh, people like Idle Hands, because they would even work with me and associate with me, it kind of gave me a stamp of approval and respect. Mm -hmm. You know, because the whole thing is just respect. You don't you don't get it just by being nice or asking, but when, it, when someone of that stature, like a dialect or dash or pharaoh, you know, it's, wants to work with you, it gives you some respect immediately. But yeah, absolutely. It's like, uh, it's the original cosign. Yeah. Yeah. You pretty know? much. It's like there wasn't, you know, a Twitter or anything like that. <laughs> but it's true. It's 100%. That's, I mean, that's kind of how I came into the scene, the Reno scene too, was because of Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And he introduced me to Idle Hands. Yeah. And he started like giving us beats and... Mm-hmm. You know, hooking us up because he's always been so damn nice. Yeah. So like, here's 40 beats. Just take it, all of these on a CD. Some of them are finished. Some of them aren't. Some are just samples. And yeah. It, yeah. It, like as soon as we started making music and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, you you got that beat from Idle Hands." It, it, you're right. It's 100. Yeah, it gives like, you a stamp of respect. Like, oh, so if he fucks with you, then you guys are cool. Exactly. You guys how'd, are good. How'd you get your name and your name? Um, my first name, my rap name was Oddity. Because mm-hmm. we, were, I was in a group called Audible Poets, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. spelled the same way. And then just hanging out with all of my friends, like uh, with Libs and mm-hmm. this guy named Bryce. I think it was Bryce actually started calling me John Junior, and then started calling me Junior, mm-hmm. and then started just started calling me Junes, and then everybody just started calling me Junes. So it was like a natural fit. Junes works, yeah. Yeah, and that's I've been that for fifteen years now. <laughs> Mine, I was just. Uh, get in the battle scene and you have to have a name, right? So I guess you don't have to, but at that time, everybody had a name. And then I was just trying a bunch of stuff out. Nothing sounded right. And then I was just like, well, I mean, it's kind of my disposition by nature. Mm -hmm. So I was like that. And then there's this quote that like, music's the only thing that could cure a a melancholy man's soul or or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, that's cool. Let's do that. So yeah, I like that name. And it does fit. Yeah, Yeah, it works. Yeah, absolutely. So. Definitely. No, I like, I mean, I like the name change. I'm glad that you're doing that. Um, I mean, was it a, was it a conscious decision to be like, all right, I've definitely mm-hmm. grown out of that name. Mm-hmm. Were you scared to try to rebrand yourself? I, I did such a poor job <laughs> on social media and getting my music out there that I didn't think it would be too harmful to rebrand myself. And I thought that with all this new stuff coming out and this change and I thought it was just a good time where I thought I'd matured and graduated to that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it just felt like the right time to do it. It's Yeah, I think it's a, a smart move. Yeah. I think it's a really no, smart move. No longer an apprentice, so. Very true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very true. <laughs> I mean, even when I first saw you over at Maddie's, you've always been like a different kind of... Uh, MC and artists like the way you write and especially the way you record. I've never seen anybody record the way you do. Mm. I've talked about it on here before. Um, I've never seen anybody record the way you do, the way that you sometimes break verses up into these small pieces. You'll do four bars, not say one bar, do two bars, not say three bars, and then you'll come back and fill it all in and it just sounds flawless. It's the craziest yeah. thing to me. Because you, when you're sitting there hearing somebody record, 
all you're hearing is them rap. You're not yep, hearing the yep. beat or anything. And I'm like, how is he going to make this sound? Because <laughs> it sounds like it's all chopped up. And then it's just, I'm just like, wow, I, I, wow, man. <laughs> I'd be curious what your favorite part of music is because you seem so at home on stage and you can really just move a crowd, get in front of a crowd and just feel, I, I think that's one of your strongest points. Yeah, definitely my but, favorite. Part. But I don't know if it's your favorite. I, um, me, to me, the recording process is my by far my favorite. Really? It's like it's not even close. I would I would do one session at Idle Hands, uh, or Dash or Dialects and record one song versus doing a show in front of fifty thousand. I don't. The shows are. Um, I'm uh, very introverted by nature, and mm-hmm. the shows. Another fun fact that I probably shouldn't even let people know is I have the memory of a 90 year old with <laughs> dementia. <laughs> so I, I don't know one lyric to one song I've ever done. I hardly can get through the birthday song. And so, <laughs> so like for, for instance, a, a show I'd have to remember, I'd have to three weeks before the show, I might not know one lyric to those songs. So the pressure of getting up and thinking you might forget your words, plus you're gifted. And so are you with freestyle ability, which was never my strong suit. Writing was my strong suit. So you're up there. <laughs> and you better hope you remember those words, and you got three weeks to remember them. Yeah. So I, I like shows, and I feel like I do all right at shows, but the recording process, something where you take something and then you, and then you see it to fruition, and there's that time where you can you know, have Matt mix it. That's my favorite part of music. It shows, that's, man. That's funny because yeah. I've always said that you were one of my favorite live performers in town, mm-hmm. too. Oh, uh, thank yeah. you. That's, so I remember at the... Um, what was that festival they used to do down in Wingfield? Uh, Speaker, Speaker Mind. Minds, yeah. yeah. And then you had your kids come up and dance yep. with you, yeah. and that dude was playing the violin and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was super dope. Yeah, I've always thought I you was, were. I one was of just the... gonna say his his sets. He's they're not. It's not just him rapping no, on his beats. They're always never, something yeah. to your sets. Exactly. Because like, I've played. I mean, you did a our album release show at Singer Social yeah. Club in 2016. That was a great show. And you just brought your beats, and you're like, the one thing that I ask is, I don't want any like dead space. Like, mm-hmm. just make sure that the next beat is playing. Mm-hmm. You're, you're very particular in how you want stuff, even when it comes to performing, even though it's your least favorite part. That's Well, there's, so someone like you can fill dead, dead space all day. You are incredible at that. So when Thank you me. have that interaction with the crowd, and so for me, I struggle with those dead space parts because there's not, you know, I almost have to be scripted and fill those in or else there is dead space. Yeah. And so, and I also... Um, a piece of me feels like I want to just give a good show to the people that are paying money, you know? So mm-hmm. if I can get a, a guy up there with a violin and give them a different take or just put a, a video behind it or make it a, a story, I, I think it brings, um, maybe they'll get their money's worth, you know? For Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. No, definitely. That's, I, mean, I mean, everybody's got their thing, right? And obviously, mm-hmm. like, playing shows and stuff, everybody, it's like all the things that you're saying you're worried about and stuff like you definitely wouldn't couldn't tell that from the crowd by yeah. far you know so like i, I would have never guessed yeah, that exactly if you didn't tell me yeah that, you know so <laughs> you seem very at home up there for yeah. sure yeah uh, thank you you yeah. do you what's, very much do what's up on like what are you guys doing right now in terms of touring are you still because you're one of the few people that ever took that step um i mean we just did the the run of show the little run of shows with the uh, grouch and eli mm-hmm. um but other than that right now we're just trying to make some new music we took a a, a whole year off we didn't make a single song. Mm-hmm. We almost didn't post anything on Instagram during the first year of COVID. We just kind of, I kind of ran the crew down the, the few years before because we were touring every year. We mm-hmm. released an album and it was just like, 
I was putting the boys to work. So we took a year off. So I think now we're just trying to get back in the position of making music and having some new product to give the people instead of always mm-hmm. playing the same set and the same songs. I've told you before, but to me, I, I have a lot of respect for you guys for doing that because... Thank you. Man, there's about... You can count them on, on your hands, the people that took that step, you know? Mm-hmm. You get so comfortable and safe like me. And uh, man you kind of have to get out there and just make a name for yourself and leave the comfort zone and leave performing in front of friends and family. You, Man, you, learn you did a lot. that. You learn a lot at those shows. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. definitely you learn a lot. That's my favorite part about performing because like, I don't have a lot of stuff online. A lot of people don't really know who I am, so that's my favorite thing is to mm-hmm. be like, turn a whole room of people yeah. or three people, depending on who's in the crowd, and like all, flip them, you know what I mean? Yeah. And all of a sudden... Now they're fans, and you know, so that's that's always but been my favorite part. Exactly, it's it's an, it's important if you do want to play shows. Like for instance, all those shows that he's been on tour with us mm-hmm. like five times probably, yep. and there's shows where we're playing for basically the people that are opening yep. and like a couple of their friends, yep. and the, then the staff of the establishment. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so you have to be comfortable in doing that and pretending that there's you know 300 people in there. You guys and got do killed that the well. same every time, but when you get to play a show that's a lot larger than that and there's nobody there that you know and you can flip the crowd and you get the, that big response, then you're like, all right. Mm-hmm. That's why the practice is important. That's mm-hmm. why you got to put those reps in. It sucks at the time. You're eating raw chicken wings, <laughs> <laughs> not making any money, <laughs> sleeping in crappy hotels and driving all day. But yeah. it, it start, one of, it'll start You guys are off. one of the few that did it, so all respect. Well, everybody's got, the, like you said, everybody's got their thing they like, you know, and watching you record, um, I mean, it goes to show. Like, Anybody that listens to any of your albums can can tell. I mean, obviously you work with Idle Hands, and he's very, very good at what he does. Mm. But it's probably a lot easier to work with someone like you who has a vision of how they want to record, how they want the song to sound. I mean, like you said, if that's your favorite part, mm. then goddamn, you are good at it. <laughs> really, I love I mean, that part. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I sent yeah. some scratches to Andy today, nice. this morning. Nice. And I sent the uh, sample the time of the sample in the song, and then I did a reference track over the beat just on my phone. <laughs> yeah, I had the whole thing. That's all you need, man. No, yeah. a-, a Mills is the G. He's incredible, yeah. No, he is definitely. He's a, we're lucky to have him around. He, uh, he helps us out a lot mm-hmm. when it comes to... He's a pro. Yeah. It's good to have a pro back there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he knows, what, I, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> when I've had an ethic or an Andy back there, it, it's, man, feels so good. Yeah, he actually wrote the Instagram page and said... Uh, Tell uh, the man formerly known as Apprentice, I said, what's up? <laughs> so he says, what's up? Yeah, and his, uh, I sent him this little you know, thing, and he sent me a video, and he's like, sorry about the, the kid in the background and the microwave beat. That's my oven going off, and I was doing dinner and doing your scratches. And yeah, he's got, he's got, like, <laughs> he's got like a little, little, little baby. Yeah, a little tiny it. little he's baby new, girl. Brand new rap dad. Yeah, he's a band, brand new rap dad, yeah. Yeah, he'll be but, a um, dad. Yeah, I mean, speaking of rap dads, you are a rap dad. You've 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 been a rap dad for some years now. Long time, rap yeah. Dad. You you have uh, more than one child, so you're like platinum rap dad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you got you got hits out there. Oh, yeah. um, and obviously, we were talking that you know your first child's in, into his teens and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, you got one that's going to be headed there soon. Mm-hmm. And you've been rapping for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, how has it been trying to transition through? life with you know still wanting to make music because you're mm-hmm. still very active obviously you have like f- 
a lot of music that you've done. <laughs> mm-hmm. You stay busy, you record all the time, um, you still play shows, but also you're like a very dedicated father. Yeah. Um, and you have a, a, a very high stakes, you know, profession that you've built. So you've got a lot on your plate as a human in general. Mm-hmm. How do you find balance between all of that stuff and to still be as active as you are in music? So my dad kind of gave me a good example. And he passed a couple of years ago. But at his eulogy, I mentioned that he had hardly any money. But no matter what happened, he'd be at every single thing we did. He'd be at our practices, our games. He rented a car one time and just to come down and watch like a 30-second track event in another state. He just never missed mm-hmm. anything. And so when you look back after a life is over, you, you don't remember certain things but you Mm -hmm. remember them being there and so that was one of the biggest things that I would set out to do and try to do and uh, I remember when we had the first kid dialect art already had a kid and said he's like your whole world's coming to you and you don't even know it and it's true nothing compares to it you can't get you can't wait to get home from work to see them they're just everything but what I what I was wrong in was thinking that that would slow down the music. What, what I realized is music, and I'm sure it's the same for you, can be kind of your, um, your outlet, right? Your comfort zone. And like you were saying, like, you know, forming a song or, or a verse can, can really put you in a, instead of a melancholy mood, it can, sure. it can drag you out of it. So what I notice is with, with uh, like being a doctor and having that profession, there's mm-hmm. so much stress. You leave and you're just they call it buzzing because you're just still shaking yeah and then um in those moments that's and then you come home and the kids want your attention and so in those moments that's when you really need the outlet way more than those years where i was a college kid and i had all day i could come and sit in your studio and write uh and and it might take nine hours to write a verse because i didn't have anywhere to be and it was just there was i didn't need the outlet Mm -hmm. so when you need the outlet it's way more I don't know. When you get to that outlet, it's a lot more efficient because you need it, and it's just natural. And so you have to structure it different. Since you don't have the eight hours to go to a studio and just sit there and waste time, you structure it different. So I might call Matt and say, we have to do a recording session here. I'll have three songs done, have the beat ready, have the breaks ready, and I'll come in and knock it out. Um, But everything's a lot more planned, but you're getting it done so much faster. And the other greatest thing that happened to me because I'm a, um, because I try to make each line and each sentence, you know, have a little hit to it and make mm. sense. That sometimes that can take longer when you're writing. So it used to take me a long time to write. But I, I don't know if I was taught this or just came up with this. But I realized that my brain, my brain goes all these different directions. So if I'm stuck on a verse, I would used to sit there and be stuck on that verse and wake up the next day and say, I have to finish this verse before I move on to the next. The best thing I ever did was say, I'll put that to the side and let my creativity come over here where I'll, I'll plan a music video and I'll write out a music video. And then, hey, I'll come over here and work with this acoustic guitar dude and we'll just make an acoustic version of, of a sing song. And so you're, you're, instead of being stuck in one place, you, that energy's got to go somewhere. And there's always all like five or six different places you can do it. And that's frankly where the, um, all these albums came with, you know, in the last five or six years is there was just these challenges and I would spread out my attention. I found I was way more efficient if I That's didn't, amazing, didn't finish one thing at a time. When you try to finish one thing at a time, usually 
get stuck. That's the that's, writer's yeah. block. No, that's 100% how I am. I've always... It's always even when I wrote with Libs or with uh, with Al, the way it works for me is I I where I'm usually writing three songs at once, mm-hmm. and I'll write like, you know, eight bars or something, and then I'll be stuck on it, and then I'll just complete. It'll be a song about something completely different, mm-hmm. whole different style and rhyme scheme, and then I'll finish that verse. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and when I'm done, I'm like, oh, well, I just finished three songs. It took me a little bit longer, yeah. but I have more, way more done. And that's that's it. Yeah. And Al's not like that. Al's like, oh, I've got my verse done. And I'm like, yeah, I he's know, a you, fast writer. you wrote it in 40 minutes, and it's freaking <laughs> awesome. And you're going to record it in one take. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, it's it's good to hear that I'm not the only one that has to like. Plus, I mean, obviously, I do all the the Instagram stuff for everything mm-hmm. that I do. All my solo music, I do the podcast stuff. So it's you're right. It's it's got to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going stir crazy during COVID. Like <laughs> it was driving me nuts. I was like, let's dude, I need to talk to somebody. Can we start a podcast? Right. Like, <laughs> I love you it. know, so, and it turned into something that I, I mean, I love to do this. So no, I, I definitely, uh, that makes sense though, because the fact that you have eight projects out already and, uh, it, it, it's probably stuff that people will never hear, especially because you're transitioning from apprentice to mm-hmm. Richie Pinelli and mm-hmm. you've got so much stuff, you know, in the works and ready to be dropped. Yeah. Um, it's crazy to think that, you know, yeah, eight albums starting from 2005 all the way to 2019. Um, and I mean, you did the calm and then you did the calm too. And those are completely different. Those aren't rap albums. Those are you and Cody. Mm-hmm. He plays a guitar, crazy musician, singer, dude. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, like you're, you're doing shit. That's not even hip hop at some, some mm-hmm. of these points, you know? Yeah. And then the opera that was, I mean, I didn't know that they did a, an album for that because they did an actual opera play right mm-hmm. off of your music yeah so so everyone <laughs> do you remember that i not, after you said that i just jogged a memory dude, like craziest okay, yeah, thing yeah. ever dude i was yeah. like wait what and it was like a whole opera and like off of like written off of his music mm-hmm. it's crazy mm-hmm. craziest thing i've ever seen dude that's when i was like this guy is so amazing like, <laughs> you know what's funny is uh since this is a rap dad show and i had the greatest dad in the world I don't think I've told anyone this, but a lot of that, when I think back on it, comes from my dad because he did not like rap. <laughs> and, but he loved it when I slowed it down and spoke it to him. Yeah. If I played him rap, I don't know if it was a preconceived I can't understand. notion, <laughs> if the beat got... When I took the beat away and I just said what I was saying, he totally thought it was great. And so if you look at an album like The Calm... That was a trip because I would say those same words at a show. And at a show, it's a lot, a lot about energy and mm-hmm. crowd involvement. And sometimes they don't hear a lot of your words. And you kind of just have to know that ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But like in a rap battle where you take that beat away and it's a cappella and they hear punchlines. Yeah. Or in my case, if you get a guitar player, slow it down and say those same words, all of a sudden, way different reaction. Sometimes a much heavier reaction. People would cry. And so then that, yep. you know, so I almost <laughs> could give my dad credit for that because that's, that's how that formed. And then as far as the opera, same thing. Uh, dude, when you're talking, we, we approached the Pioneer Center and we approached the Reno Philharmonic and do you think they said yes the first time we said, we're rappers and we want to... <laughs> oh, hell no. That's, so, that's why when it actually happened, it's like, Dude, that, yeah. there's some, you're something special with you and what you make, man. There, I mean, there really is. It goes to show. That took an army, but uh, they did say no several times. Um, that show, 
uh, we sold out the Pioneer Center. Mm -hmm. There was, you know, those tickets were $50 a ticket. I went to (laughs) Yeah, so you know. It was the craziest thing ever. Scaffolding and, like, I never never been to a play in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Let alone, like, watching, like, Emic and, like, what. I'm like, I I know some of these people. Mm -hmm. And it's, it was, I've never seen anything like it. Like, it it changed me as a person. I was like. Am I cultured now or something? <laughs> <laughs> like it was, it was, it was amazing, dude. It was. But it was a different, same songs, different take, and it translated and it reached people I think who wouldn't have got it before. And it was, it was a, you know, that cost sixty grand to yeah. do that show. Not Damn. free. Not free. Damn. And so we had to get sponsors. You had people like Emic, uh, like Dove, Jeunesse, and charter school um, students who. We spent a year talking about practicing, you know, your lines. One year. Choreography and shit. We had a year where every day after school, they would do two hours of practice for a year. And um, so, I mean, it was a huge thing. But when you sat in that I don't like performing. (laughs) God damn. (laughs) Creates the most beautiful thing ever. And the funny thing is, I didn't see the show because I was... They wanted me to sit in the pit, be- so the orchestra Underneath pit I didn't it, realize yeah. is below the stage. Yeah, <laughs> and so that kind of sucked. Yeah, you're just but like I was in there the dugout. And <laughs> I, had this, I had this drum machine, and there was three sounds on it, and they were just folly. It was just folly to go along with. But I had to wait for the guy to, to point. The conductor had to point to me, and I'd go and play the button. <laughs> so technically, you were part of the orchestra. I guess so. Yeah, I played three buttons <laughs> Dude, and amazing. missed the whole show. But I do remember that they did do a standing ovation. Dude, it was it was cool. It was amazing. It was. It was mm-hmm. like, at the, I mean, at, at that point with me just starting to like do hip hop and start like you were like like a famous person in my eyes. Yeah, like, I I'd never I didn't know how to record anything. I didn't know how to buy equipment. I didn't know. I didn't know anything. I was so brand new to it. It was like I freaked out of the green room. Mm-hmm. That I was pr- that. that was pretty much it. So it's like you're doing this. Mo- like even now, that's crazy. That's shit. crazy. Yeah, I don't yeah, care yeah. what you say. Mm-hmm. But you've always invested in your projects. You rented out the movie theater and had a documentary and six mm-hmm. movie. You know, six music videos. Videos like, are always crazy. Y- yeah, you're uh, exactly. Your your videos are always crazy. You have like directors that come in and there. It's. I've been a part of one of your videos and it was mm-hmm. crazy. I was like, holy shit, I was not expecting this. <laughs> like, this is crazy. But I mean, it's like, it's been nothing but inspiration for me. So number one, thank you. Uh, yeah. Seriously. Um, for always being super humble. The nicest guy. A lot of rappers can be assholes, myself included sometimes. You're never, ever, have ever been like that. You're just a very nice, humble, talented dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's really fucking cool. So thank you. Thank um, you. But I, I do want to talk a little bit um, about what we were talking about before we started recording universal music. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you have a single out right now called here she goes. It was released in June. Mm-hmm. It's the only song that you can find of Richie's <laughs> on any social medias right now. Mm-hmm. But you said, uh, um, so you're working with universal music. I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't want to ask too many questions before we started recording. Cause yeah. this is, this is the type of shit that I love. Like, so, mm-hmm. um, I guess start from the beginning. How the hell did this even come about, man? Well, to your point, I think there's been years and years of making music, and I and I I was just very, very bad at getting it out. You know, unless it was a physical copy that I brought to you, it just didn't get out. And, I was just gonna say. And Matt, <laughs> you know, and other people would just over and over say, you know, just get an online presence. It's so easy, and it just never came easy for me. And it and I never had an interest in it, you know. And so I just didn't do it. And um, 
the difference here is that where you take my weakest point, which is distributing the music, and um, I'm getting a little help with it. So it's not a major universal record deal, but it's a, it's a distribution deal through SB Global, which is a branch of Universal Records. Yeah. And uh, that's what they do, and that's their passion, you know? So then I can just keep doing what I do and make, make the stuff I love to do and let them do what I'm terrible at. And it, so Exactly. So it's only one single, and that's, that's the downside is you, you have to be more on their time. And they want this single to cook a little and then release. And I have these five projects and all these videos I want to get out. And that's the hardest part is just waiting. But um, I, trust in the, I trust in them. You know, you, yeah. I've learned you just let people who are good at what they do do what they do. And you don't try to get in their way and micromanage because they're going to do it better than you. Oh, yeah. Especially there's, yeah. with this. <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason that they have a business. So it. how did that come about? Did you approach yeah. them? Did they approach you? No. Actually, you, I have yeah. to give a lot of credit to Low Newbury. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's uh, one of the few artists that was signed um, from this area, and he's done really big things. But but he, uh, I got to give him credit because we were working. We worked on a project. Mm-hmm. It's called Week Fourteen. Julius Fisher produced it. You take li- real R and B and mix it with rap, and that's what Week Fourteen is. Mm-hmm. Something you can play at a lounge with your girl. And I love the project. But from that. Lo and I formed a good relationship, and Lo Lo saw the the potential, and and um, he took it, you know, to to the Universal Group, and and played them stuff, and and he said, you know, you, they don't accept everything, but they liked what they heard, and they saw potential, so then they contacted me when I was at Disneyland or Disney World <laughs> in Florida, getting <laughs> off of the Safari Cruise. That's amazing. So I had man. this, I'll never forget, right by that little waterfall, after you see the elephants, I'm talking to Universal. Wow. And it was just, it was the greatest. Absolutely. Because. Um, Part of my French, but fucking English. <laughs> so, yeah. It's so deserved, dude. That's so awesome. Dude. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I just, I really hope that it just lets people, more people see and hear the music, you know? Absolutely. But I mean, you you have enough music like on the burners ready to go that there's something for everybody. Because, oh, yeah. Yeah. like I said, you sent us a little bit of everything that you that you have cooking, and it's like you got a different sound on. Dude, each there's one. shit where you're you're like singing with a little mm-hmm. bit of auto tune, and mm-hmm. it's like it's straight. Like there, I don't think there's any rapping on one of the songs. It's like yeah, like you said, like it's almost like an R and B song. Yeah, and it's fucking good. And then you got Low, who's when you're rapping, he does. The, you know, it's just. I don't know. It's pretty dope because obviously you sent us. The, I had to. I had to get all the names of everything and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so I do have some questions about some of the stuff. Yeah. Um, you've got some crazy features. Um, were those features going to come regardless of the Universal thing, or those actually did come regardless of Universal? And that I have to give credit to Dash. So okay. again, because I, when I saw Razkaz, it's like he's one of my favorite West Coast like rappers mm-hmm. like Me a too. lot of he doesn't get enough credit you know he, he he i think he's one of the greats like souls on ice is mm-hmm. a absolute mm-hmm. fucking classic we album. went and shot a video in monterey and the guy who came out to shoot the video didn't know we were doing it with Razcast. <laughs> and it turns out he was the biggest Razcast fan out he, he there trying he had, to out to fanboy he was <laughs> fanboying so hard and he was the you know director and, and and i mean it made it so cool because he went this guy went from maybe not even wanting to be at the shoot to be like this is the greatest shoot <laughs> dude yeah no, that's, you know, a, that's amazing but, but that's dash dash okay. uh dash 
I think um, if you go back, maybe has played a bigger role than anybody. So, so he's he was making beats for Digital Underground for the Loonies. Yeah, shout out and to the, Dash. Shout out to you know Element, Black Rock City. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, they they started it, and absolutely. that's why the name Apprentice was really because of those kind of people. But um, mm-hmm. but Dash took that step like you guys did, and and left Reno, and went to Atlanta, and uh, really went for it. But in the process, you know, ended up working with Raz, making beats for Raz. They're now like great friends. Like they that's call amazing. each other and play Madden, and I've gotten to know Raz just through Dash, and he. He's an amazing person and just a good dude. But uh, Dash is responsible yeah. for that. And Dash <laughs> is also responsible for the Ray J thing. So that's yeah, what I was going to hop into next. I saw, I saw that and I was like, I was all, okay. Let me read that again. Hold on a second. <laughs> like, for real? I'm like, Ray J? Like, the Kardashian video Ray J? Yeah. yeah. Like, that's amazing, dude. The very that's, one. That's legendary. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's so sick, dude. Um, and then the Mr. Grimm is... is uh, he was a football dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's funny because this little football team that we practice at Wooster every day, you look on the sideline and there's like Mr. Graham and he made beats and, you know, songs for like the Higher Learning Sign Track mm-hmm. and poet, Dead Poets Society. Yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, then you look over and here's Dash and he's doing all that. So it was pretty cool. Dude, but that's a, how I wow. met Mr. Graham and he's a good dad too, you know. Dude, see, it's so good to see somebody get some goddamn love. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm, we all know people who rap and have been rapping for a decade. Mm-hmm. And it's like they have talent. They put in work. They do everything that they can. It just It's fucking hard. Well, I was going to say, too, like but, you were saying, obviously, this deal is great in terms of yourself and getting the music out and everything. But I think it's also great for the other people in the city to mm-hmm. see, like, it's possible. You know what I mean? And a distribution deal is amazing because whether it's like... What, I'm, I'm not going to ask about money or anything like that. Whether there is or not money involved, if they're willing to put your stuff out for you and promote it the proper way it's supposed to, the way it works in the mm-hmm. industry, exactly, it's amazing. Exactly. Don't pay me a dollar. That's fine. If they yeah. do it right, you, that'll come in streaming. Yeah. I feel super and blessed. shows and like I mean they'll yep. that'll help build your fan base. And that's the most amazing thing. And I mean, if they are, if they were like, here's ten thousand dollars, it's like, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So it's. You're not in some bullshit 360 deal where they're going to steal all your rights and whether it's big or not, you're going to be screwed. So it's like, it's amazing, dude. No, I thank I think God. It's a blessing. That's so cool. It's a big blessing. Well, you, it shows you work so damn hard. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you have eight projects out um, prior to, to what's going on now, and you have five or six ready to go. I mean... I don't even know what to say about that. It makes me feel so damn lazy, dude. Oh, tell me about it, man. It's like, I'm like, no, I, I wrote one song in two years. Like, I've got four songs ready to release. He's like, I got six albums. Yeah. And they're probably full albums, too, huh? They're not no EPs. He's like, I don't do EPs. Yeah, I don't do EPs. They're, but that all came off of that whole thing I was saying where you just change. If I just, I was really bad at finishing one song, but if you look at all the albums, even the old albums, they're so different. And that's where that energy went different ways. So, when we did the 80s album with Demond and Dove, that was just fun. Yeah. That was the funnest because you didn't care if your punchline stuck and you didn't care how deep the word. You just had Demond recreate an 80s beat. And that was to this day one of my favorite albums because you just get up there 
and that was a fun show to perform because people it's almost like alcohol they lose their inhibitions around 80s music absolutely sure. and a fog sure. machine oh, <laughs> and yeah. a fog oh, yeah. machine <laughs> you know so and then you go tran- transition to like idle hand saying hey i got Akbad, and i think you two should go head to head and almost do like a you know uh exchange verses and try to really compete with each other you know and so that was a challenge and then the calm a whole nother thing with the acoustic so yeah these albums are all different in fact we had made about 40 songs that were for a solo project and then realized half of them were like that here she comes song or even more boy girl vibe um experimentals with some auto-tune and singing Mm -hmm. and so those became love monster Okay. And so all of Love Monster, which has Ray J and Raz, is all boy girl, and the vibe's really cool, and it takes place on like Halloween night, and there's a DJ Love Monster radio, and it's it's a really good cool vibe. And then you had 20 other songs like the Tone song, which were never fit Love Monster, that had this yeah. aggressive, That's lyrical, competitive oh, yeah. vibe. That's some rap shit. Oh, yeah. And every song is like the Tone song, and there's 18 songs on that album. Oh and, my god. And we called it Jocks skaters you know because yeah. I, you know the jock skaters but there's always that clash absolutely and so um that actually was one album like that one jesus yeah. christ dude yeah and and lots of so i went back you know because i had albums that were produced all by one person i went back to like the oldest one misery mm-hmm. loves an audience where you had all these different producers and that's how both of those albums are each album has probably eight or nine producers idle hands um, dialect dash have the majority, but all the different producers okay. are on there. Kind of like reminiscent of Misery Loves. Did any of those come yeah. from the deal at all, or were those all just organic that you already had in the works? No, those were organic, and that's just from my passion of loving to record. And that's yeah. what that's what my wife would would not love is, you know, if I ran a restaurant like my dad's Italian restaurant and I bought a hundred pounds of ground beef and didn't have any and knew I'd be closed next week and wouldn't have customers. That's what I've been doing for like 20 years (laughs) because in order to make this and also I respect so much that people have a business, right? So dialect, you know, that is his job. He makes beats. He gets paid for beats. He gets paid for recording. He's, and he's taken that step to do music solely and live off it. Yeah. So I'm going to pay him a hundred dollars a beat and then when i go record i'm going to pay him a hundred dollars a session absolutely but if you do five albums with 20 songs and you say there's a hundred for the beat and a hundred for the session minimal sometimes it's 200 500 and then let's get some videos and those are going to be between 500 and 2000 or 3000 this is all money going out Mm -hmm. for a passion um in shows putting the money in to make it a good show passion 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 and you and you and all you can say is you put together a good quality work for people to listen to and you gave it your best shot but the money coming in never was there hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So 
I got to give it up. You know, Jill let me do it. And um, I'm, I'm lucky that I had like a profession where I, you know, was a doctor and could, could do it. Yeah, of but, course. But at the same time, um, I, the, the distribution thing, if it gives some money back to help with that, that'll be cool. But I still find that just getting the music out is the biggest for sure. Yeah, it's the one thing that you you lacked. I mean, like you, like you said, you, your shows are always amazing. You had an opera, you have violin. You know, I mean, it's it's you, you never lack at a show. Um, your your albums never lack. I mean, they're always a great concepts like Red Balloon. I mean, when mm-hmm. that came out, it was like something different that no one in the city had done before. Yeah, it that was like, like uh, that, that one has... It was real. That, that's the one that has a song about America on it, right? Mm-hmm. It was Red Balloon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. I remember that's like when I was coming into the scene and like I came in with um, like New Car Smell, D mm-hmm. and JB yeah, and all them. Absolutely. And they were like, dude, you got to check out this dude apprentice mm-hmm. and that, that's the one they showed me. I was like, oh my God. Dude, uh, like, I didn't know people in here could do that like that's full concept fucking am- songs like amazing yeah. in the new videos new car smells legendary i just have to stop and say new car smell is yeah. dope <laughs> fuck yeah dopest uh, name ever yeah <laughs> such a good like well, late 2000s name <laughs> so that opera was red balloon you know america yeah. was featured there was a mm-hmm. veteran in there saying america but you notice like it would be way slowed down and he would speak the words and and over instead of being overbeat but red balloon essentially was 601 working class opera. Mm-hmm. But I mean, okay, so I have a question about Red Balloon because um, it, it might be my f- my favorite out of all of your projects that you previously released as Apprentice. Hmm. Um, you worked with Idle Hands, obviously. Mm-hmm. Gigawatts as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, did they mix and master that as well? Dialect mix and master that. Amazing. And I Tom know. Tom Gordon. And, uh, that's what I was going to say. I know you have a relationship with Tom Gordon. Mm-hmm. Does he ever come into play into any of your newer stuff? He's mastered all the new stuff. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. And he's just a good dude and a good friend, but he's, um, man, it, he he's just has such, a, I mean, he, he makes me look like I have no experience. I mean, he's been around so long and recorded Boys to Men and Eminem and Dre yeah. and Aerosmith and Beach Boys and the Ghostbusters. Yeah, so when you go really in his studio, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just so cool. And the experience, again, for someone who loves the recording experience, um, I always take my album and go to his studio and do the mastering session there because the experience is so cool. Yeah. That's so rad, dude. And, you know, my brother has a church uh, block away from his uh, studio. Oh, really? And just last Wednesday, I was early to the little Bible study thing, and so I went down and said hi to Tom. I just popped in. He thought I was robbing him. <laughs> like, ah. You know, when we talked, but he's, a, he's got a great heart, good at what he does, and um, yeah, I'll use him to master every chance I get. Yeah, see, I, I just learned about sitting in on the mastering process, just because I don't mix a master, and I don't, I don't have any Tom Gordons in my life, but smoke... And then mm-hmm. re- recent, more recently, Bozzy. Mm-hmm. Got to mention him in every goddamn every episode. episode. Um, they've been mixing and mastering some of our stuff, mm-hmm. um, our, our more recent stuff. And uh, I went and s- the, the, my most recent song, go listen to it. It's called Breakdown featuring Bozzy. <laughs> I recorded it <laughs> at his house and uh, sat in while he mixed and mastered it. And sitting in there and like being able to physically look at the files and be like, oh, add this here. And mm-hmm. it, it helps so damn much. And it kind of helps a creative juices flow a little bit because you mm-hmm. might think of something that you 
you didn't have an idea for the song prior, but sure. you're sitting in there and you're like, that sounds kind of cool. Can we extend that? It's, it's completely different. It changed the way that I looked at it. I used to just email it to him and be like, send it back to me. Yeah. I'll send you a notes full of edits. It'll take you nine years to fix it. Send it. <laughs> it would take a month and a half to get a song done mm-hmm. when you can go sit in two or three sessions for an hour each and have a song done in three days. Yeah, a good engineer opens up the world for a creative person. Exactly. If you if you have, because I'm sure you guys are the same way, and you got these ideas, and you know how how you want it to sound, and so many times you would compromise because you mm-hmm. would say, "I want to say do this, but I know that'll take a few hours, and I know it's going to cause a big riff, and we're we're already late." So you don't even ask. But when you get a guy like Idle Hands, Damon Dash, Tom Gordon, Cody Cagle. Yeah, Cody C. Cody C. I'm sad that he shut his studio down. That that last two years of just furious recording, 90% of that was with Cody. And Amazing. that's that's one time where I can say, and now Idle Hands is doing the same thing, but um, ideas were not tucked away with Cody C or now Matt. Or when you have an engineer who can do it so fast and knows what you're going to say before you do it and even can take courses where you would have had to go find somebody to sing it before and actually make it sound good with you singing it man that then all of a sudden the creativity goes crazy because you're not limited to just rapping a 16 very true and it opens up the world so it's also nice to have an engineer that's like want they they can hear something in it and they'll add something to it <laughs> oh, and yeah. you're like that is super fucking dope uh, Glass Tongue's last album, congratulations. We had this gentleman named um, uh, DJ Loot. He mixed and mastered it. And we were kind of like, just do what you think mm-hmm. is best. And he made it sound really good. And he did all these like stutter things. And, mm-hmm. like, it, and I was just, I was very, very happy with it. Like, because mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what the thing, I don't know. Can you make it echo? But it's not an echo. Yeah. It's, I don't know what the name of the. F- freaking plug-in is so yeah. it's like I'm, I'm really bad at that stuff so it's like it's nice when you have an engineer that's also like i got some ideas to spice your stuff up a little bit engineer know? yeah engineer while we're on the subject to shout out is julius tanks just worked with him the other day okay. and he's one of those guys yeah he where you're not going to be limited he does it fast he does it well that's so important if you're a creative person yeah, absolutely man i have to hit up idle hands yeah, he, yeah. so Idle Hands is the man. Um, <laughs> I, I think it was before he did the podcast, or was it after the podcast? I think it he, was like he, leading up to. Yeah, like, he, he, we, sent, we he sent me like five beats and he, and he sent out of nowhere. He's yeah. just like, here's some beats for you guys. Yeah. And uh, I take forever to write anything because I suck at life. But this gentleman wrote a full, really, really, really dope song over one of the beats. Hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> He's just like super like brutally honest and everything which i love but also oh, yeah. like intimidates me at some point where oh, i'm yeah. just like oh man i don't want to when do this in front of here, him he's gonna he's be working like, on my shoulder sucks. and rubbing me and he's like so you guys gonna do anything with those beats and i was like ah melancholy's got a full song he's like tell him to come over i'm like oh, i told him he's gonna hit you up and he's like well when i'm like i don't know man it's like he's got to come over and record it with me yeah i'm like he will i will so he's like i charge you i know he wants to do this i i just asked him to make me a beat i sent him a a beat that i rapped over and I was like, can you make a beat like this? And he's like, on it. Like, I'm going to go over there. I do he's, that all the time. He's amazing. He's, he's all amazing. amped up off a of skirt steak. and just fucking <laughs> Dude, his all-meat diet. <laughs> dude could be that? a male model. That dude could be a male yeah, model. He's real. just chiseled jaw, Johnny Bravo, yeah, yeah. heart of gold, make the best beats. Yeah. <laughs> so he's somebody, I probably record 90% of my stuff with him now. He's somebody who 
you some are some artists who were awesome 15 years ago sound sound exactly the same now yes mm. very true yes idle hands is one of those few that progressed into a whole nother category mm-hmm. he was always one of the best He's still one of the best, but he he's progressed. There's nothing that he does now that sounds anything like he did before. Yeah. Everything is better by a lot. He's able to transition yeah. the eras, right? At least as production wise, he's gone rec- through. Well, his engineering and recording skills have just fucking. Well, gone of course, but the unbelievable proof, production wise, it's been through three different sounds by now since he's oh, been yeah. doing it. You yeah. know, and he's yeah. been able to transition through each one. So yeah, and he still makes everything. Yeah. Production wise and recording wise, yeah, the the recording uh, gets overlooked sometimes. But I I think right now he's the guy I'd want to go record with. Like Absolutely. he can do ev- everything that you have in this these ideas. He can do everything you ask and do it fast. He's worked, you know. I think he is incredibly smart. Mm-hmm. Could yeah. do anything he wants. Absolutely. But he's also kind of paid attention to people like Tom Gordon and Russell Cook from the Gigawatts and yep. masters of recording dialect dash and he's and uh picked pieces of each one that he loves and he is he's I'd say he's the best right now at recording that's who yeah, I think no, that's kind of he, he said as much too when he was on here mm-hmm. about his whole process just mm-hmm. taking pieces from and just learning yeah, yeah. I mean it, it's crazy uh because he did D's album yeah, and it just sounds amazing, oh, yeah. dude. So it's just, good. yeah. When D's like, oh, no, Idle Hands did it, recorded everything too, and mixed. I'm like, Jesus. Shout Christ. out D, by wow. the way. Also, mm-hmm. new, a new rap dad. Mm-hmm. Yep. Rap dad's everywhere, man. Yeah, man. Just rap dad. Mm-hmm. If you're having a kid and you rap, hit us up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's amazing, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm stoked for what you, got, what, you, what you have to come. I know you're kind of on, you know, the distribution time. But uh, I can't wait to see what they uh, what they pick and choose because I know it's kind of up to them what they think might be best to go out next and if you're going to release a video and this and that because obviously we got to see the videos a few of yeah. them yeah. got to hear some of the songs and this is it's just fire it's uh, just goddamn fire yes. I, can't, I can't wait it's <laughs> yeah. like I can't imagine how you feel where you're just like sitting on all this and you're like can we yeah. just put some a little bit more on? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's we the have hardest so part. Much. Uh, yeah, you hope it doesn't become irrelevant, like a punchline about you know something that happened in the eighties. Exactly. <laughs> but that's crazy though. You're doing like the shit that like people on labels do, where they write a hundred songs, yeah, and then they just take the best ones, and it's crazy. It's insane to me because I am the slowest writer when it I comes never, to it. I'm so Pharaoh, Pharaoh brought up an interesting point I had never thought about, but. You wonder if a, an artist, say, like Prince, R.I.P., you know, maybe he had, maybe the albums that we got, he had done 10 years before, you know? I'm sure they have catalogs and catalogs, and it was just, oh, yeah, use these 10, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, that's why Tupac I always, has 500 songs that have yeah. never been released. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So from what I understand, usually the way it's, it, it, the best way to work it is, uh, I don't know if you, I always mention him, Echo, all the time, just mm-hmm. because I know mm-hmm. him. Um, the way it works is like, he'll have like an album done that he's releasing right now, but it was done eight months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like the stuff that he's going to be releasing in a year, he's working on now. It's already finished. Like you got to be so far ahead of it to have you do. that shit. It's you got to be on top of it, but you you're doing that. Like that's insane to me. Like yeah. I promote one song at a time because that's all I ever write. Yeah, <laughs> like seriously. you know, like it's it's crazy because it, 
especially because you're you are all over the place here. You have all different styles, different genres that you're in. You know, you got straight rap shit. You're rapping with tone. You're rapping with Razkaz. You got some really smooth R&B stuff. Um, and to be able to just kind of weave in and out of all of that stuff while you're being creative and make this much material is goddamn impressive, Richard. Yeah, God thank, you. thank you. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, that's just that creative energy needs to go somewhere, and it happens to be going everywhere, different yeah. places. You and, know? and I'm glad. Which man. is awesome because I've always thought that, like, just. Um, it's so easy as as rappers, right, to have that one track mind kind of. Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of follows the same path in their own way. Um, but like I've always thought, you've always like looked at everything completely different. Like, all right, yeah, you guys are trying to do this and get on these shows or whatever. I'm gonna fucking throw an opera. You know what I mean? It's just like mm-hmm. you've always thought so differently mm-hmm. than everybody else when it comes to approaching. It's all always this. it's bigger. Yeah, you've thought in the uh, the bigger picture of things always with whatever you however you do your albums, whatever you release, the way you promote it. You know, it's always like the way it should be. I mean, you you really invest in yourself. It shows that you actually believe in yourself, which yep. I mean, you should because you have the talent. So yep. it'd be stupid not to. I, I can understand, you know, Jill being a little frustrated with you with all the talent you have and everything that you invest in, and then you kind of just like mm-hmm. you don't let anybody else see it unless they like have gone to your show or they're kind of local, you know? Because you, I mean, who knows? I mean, that's I imagine like, being a doctor, you get paid well. It's a great career that you built, but you knows you might it's you, the same. you might been able to quit that a long time ago with mm-hmm. you know because you were very talented. yeah that's. You no, know. <laughs> that's why I gave you know those that stamp of respect earlier because yeah, I took the safe route. You guys did the the way you should do it, you know. Well, I don't know. About, you took the smart route. You're you're a doctor. <laughs> that's the smart route. That's that's the best way to to go about it because it would, it would always crack. Either me way, up. it's gonna work out. It would always crack me up when I'd be kicking it with libs, and then he would like show me some unreleased stuff. He's like, "Oh yeah, Apprentice sent me this." And then he would show me. I was like, "You, you guys just trade unreleased tracks back and forth yeah. with each other. You like just, you just don't put just it the out two, to anybody. The two just, best yeah. rappers that I know, and exactly. you guys just don't let anybody hear it. <laughs> yeah, libs yeah. and I would have. Yeah, same, yeah, he's the same way. Yeah, no, libs is the same exact way. A <laughs> hundred songs recorded, but yeah. just never puts never them puts out. Libs is great. No, he listens to him by himself. We have car sessions, Libs and I. We have one about once every two years. <laughs> and we just play all the new stuff. Yeah, nice. those are my favorite, yeah. No, it's crazy how busy you've been. I mean, I think, uh, quote unquote, when you wrote me, you're like, I think people probably thought I just stopped rapping and I disappeared, you know. But I've got five albums. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not, not really surprised, honestly, because you've always been a workhorse. You've yeah. always like released a crazy amount. Um, but, I mean... As someone who was a fan of yours and part of the local scene, I kind of thought maybe you did just step back from making music. That's what I thought. And then when I saw that you were on the show we were playing, I hit up Dan. I'm like, is he really playing the show? And he's like, yeah, he's got a bunch of music. And like started telling me that like mm-hmm. you're, you're secret agently active, like <laughs> unbelievably active. And I'm like, so it made me so happy. I was like, fucking A, dude. Thanks. Yeah, no, I mean, and your set was amazing. It was super dope. To see you three up there, and I mean, you four, I should say, um, it was amazing. Like, you guys, you guys did well. It looked like, you, you know, you guys have put a lot of work in this music, and uh, it shows. You guys, obviously, you cared a lot. You know, you guys were, you guys crushed it. Yeah, Thanks, I mean, so did you. Well, thank that, you. But it was cool to be with them up there, because I feel like the chem- chemistry is not something... Chemistry has to come natural, and I think there's good chemistry oh, between Pharaoh Dash and I, and um, and Julius did a great job. But I, 
that's one of the albums I'm most excited for, you know? Oh, I could only imagine. When was... Uh, it's, that, it's the DRM album, right? Mm-hmm. When was uh, your last show before this last one? How much time in between? It was the Nugget show, the one right a block away. Okay. <laughs> what was it? What was the it Nugget was show? It was the Calm, too. Oh, it really? It was a, an acoustic show in the Nugget showroom. Oh, wow. So it was some years between shows then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You, but, I, but that's when I dove in and did all these albums. I was just working like crazy, but my interest never... The performing part's cool, but uh, the interest lied, at least for the last few years, in just making yeah. stuff. That's so crazy to me, Dude. man, because like I said, you've always just looked so natural up there, you know? Like, to your point, when you were saying, um, slow it down and everything, I remember seeing you guys, uh, what, it's the Loving Cup now? What did it used to be? Satellite. I think oh, it was yeah, yeah. Point. the biggest little city mm-hmm. club. BLC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was there. I think, like, New Car Spell might have been on it or whatever. And you guys were doing the acoustic thing, and it was a packed house. We all know what that's like in there. And you made all of those people just shut the hell up and sit there and listen to you. And I was like, that's amazing right there. I saw that at, uh, yeah. I think it used to be, uh, it's at West Street Market. It used to be the t- something tea oh, house. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was when it was a tea house. I watched that too. I mean, I watched like straight like ladies like melting Cause that's in their one, seats while he's like that's, that's acoustically one. fucking just pouring his heart yeah. out. I was just like, God damn it. Because that's one thing we've talked about on here. And that's one of the hardest things about Reno is competing with the bar. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to play a set and have everybody pay attention to you and not, you know, everybody's fucking Com- around at the bar or whatever. Yeah. So if you can get a, a yeah. room full of 100 people to just shut up and just listen to what you're doing at that tiny little crowded bar, like, that's amazing, man. You Absolutely. make such a good point. Competing with the bar is Reno. Yeah, that's Reno. Reno, yeah. What was funny is years and years of performing trial and error stuff works stuff doesn't one thing i learned that works is when you talk louder they talk louder Mm -hmm. so when you're yelling over them hoping they hear you because you're talking louder it has the opposite effect and sometimes like literally just to see if it worked i would literally talk like this and everyone would stop put their drink down and look because now they can hear themselves Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so yeah i think that was one of those moments because i do remember that show yeah and I remember there were some people like protesting outside the window, and you oh, said something was. like, uh, "Like uh, it was about Wall Street." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Barely. I was probably I re- intoxicated. I remember some people protesting outside. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do remember that. But yeah. No, but that's yeah, competing with the the bar. That's Reno sure. in a nutshell, yeah. right there. Especially at the, the Loving Cup. Or, oh, you yeah. know, BLC, that bar is infamous for just party time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? That's one of my favorite spots to play it when is. it gets packed out. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, you it is are, fun. You're competing with yeah. the bar hard at that we, one. We you ended go for the, energy the tour there. with Unified oh, yeah. School District there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was halfway rough, halfway good. Yeah. <laughs> energy <laughs> works great there, you know? Oh, yeah. And so you got to just say, they're not going to hear a word I say, but I'm going energy, energy, yep, energy. Yep. Yeah. You, it's I like, love it because you're right there on the floor. I was going to say, that's my favorite shit right there. Five inches taller than them if they're the same height as you. You know what I'm saying? so you're pretty much just hanging out with yep. them mm-hmm. yeah no it, it's uh it it's i'm it makes me feel uncomfortable kind of to hear you hear you say that you you don't like like playing shows you you because know, like, i like it's it so I just, amazing like i feel insecure know. at shows because of all my weaknesses oh, and i yeah, feel like I, yeah I, but i have, I, a, I have a, a bad case of social anxiety mm-hmm. same with this gentleman so at shows, I can rap because there's a disconnect on stage. Like, mm-hmm. I'm taller than them. I'm louder mm-hmm. than them. Mm-hmm. And you're so doing a job. Yeah, it's easy for me to be comfortable up there. But, like, at the merch table <laughs> or interacting them. with yeah. them, 
I'm just like, hi, right. hello. <laughs> like, like I, and I feel like I'm being kind of a dickhead, but I'm just like scared. I'm yeah. like nervous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm not talking a lot. So it's... So <laughs> People, it's like and I you're so on stage, good on stage, yeah. but it's like I'm terrible at like the interactions. So I was the same way, and then I've just like, especially getting sober and everything, I've just really grown to love and appreciate the awkward silence. Mm-hmm. So like I'm fine. Like we could have this little moment, and then if we're just gonna stand there awkwardly in front of each other, like I'll soak it up. Like I don't care. <laughs> it's, I, yeah. it's fine with me, man. Hey, that yeah. works. That so. works. Yeah. No. Um. So I got a question for you because you are. Obviously, you have a doctorate and whatnot, and in uh, Misery Loves Company, you, you rapped about that a little bit. Um, you talked about how, you know, you kind of had trouble in schools and you fucked around and got a doctorate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, was that something that you, did you always want to be a doctor? No. Like, or were you just like, in, I was at, at the terrib- end of high school, where you're like, all right, terrib- I'm just going to go Terrible student in high school. Folk, I wanted to be a, I wanted to be in sports. Sports was my life. I was a good baseball player had a future in baseball um junior or sophomore no junior year in high school had a bad injury so that whole thing got derailed and they they uh halfway through the season i always had a running background so they put me in track and i ended up getting like a division one scholarship as a runner too yeah i was yeah he was like sprinter yeah weren't weren't you like highly ranked or something yeah uh, my senior year, I was like third in the state. Hmm. Um, Running sucks. Got like the. Th- I don't know. I don't know if the record still exists, but I, I had the three A one hundred record. Um, our four by two team had the state record, and then I don't know if they still stand, but I, we had the, I had the one hundred school, four hundred school, four by four and four by two school as well. I think one other one. I don't yeah. know if any of them still stand at all. But. That's that's impressive. Yeah. yeah. It's funny how it translates, though. Yep. It's like, guys are all athletes, you know, football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny, the, the one video that we, um, with uh, you and, and Idol in the warehouse. Right. I was, like, listening to it, and I was just like, Junes has no idea what the fuck he's talking about on half of this shit, because it's all sports There's references. There's a bunch of sports oh, references, yeah. 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 It was a lot of sports. It was, yeah. yeah. So, is week 14 in reference to sports? No. I was like, is that the playoff, the playoff season or something? Playoffs. <laughs> Week 14, uh, we made a song called Sunday, then a song called Thursday. So then we said, let's make the whole album Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's the whole week, and there's um, and then we just called it Week 14 because it was okay. every day in the week. Um, but to go back to your point, the reason – so I was driven in sports – and then went to college for sports. I was at Nevada. I was on the track scholarship UNR? for UNR. What okay. did you uh, What did you do with track? I would ran the four and the eight, and sometimes the mile. Isn't the four the worst race on the entire it's, planet? It sounds it's murder. so painful. It's a lot of acid <laughs> in just your run, just, just burning. Just run it's a lap in, as fast as you can. Yeah. No, it's it's terrible. But um, <laughs> yeah. But I was good at it, so I was there at UNR the year they dropped men's track f- due to Title IX. Oh. So we go to practice. Cameras show up. And they're like, that was it. So I promised my mom that for one year I would really focus on school. And I got flashcards and everything. And I I had just literally walked in high school. I'd walk into class and just take a test, not having studied at all. It was a terrible feeling, but I was just, I don't know what I was doing. But when I started studying and putting my energy into it, it was so much easier when you actually study that it, it actually came pretty easy. And so... Um, uh, that's how I got into, you know, my major, 
So I got into audiology. I'm a clinical audiologist, and mm-hmm. so they had a program there. I took it because I liked a bunch of girls in the class. And, <laughs> and then it turned out, you know, I really liked the professor. It was very streamlined. Um, so anyways, when Utah State picked me up that same year and I went to, to Logan, I stayed with the major. But to answer your question, that's how I got into all of that. It was almost by yeah. accident. So what exactly is an audiologist? So um, we treat anything to do with the ears. So we treat balance disorders. Half of what I do is treating dizziness and balance. Okay. Half of what I do is if someone has something stuck in their ear and the ER can't get it, they send it to me and I get it out. Okay. If, <laughs> if they have uh, ringing in the ears, hearing loss, sudden hearing loss, if we're looking for a correlation between hearing loss to find a tumor, those are things I do every day. Wow. Wow, dude. Mm-hmm. What's the weirdest thing you've pulled out of somebody's ear? Exactly what I was going to ask. <laughs> exactly what I was going to ask. <laughs> I feel like that's the thing I do best is the ear cleanings. And people don't like it and don't want to do it, but I could do it every day. Um, but insects. I was going to uh, say, have you had bugs? Oh yeah, my. there was a beetle, in, and it was actually my neighbor. And she's oh, like, Richie, man. i got to come down. I have the worst pain. She said it was worse than when she gave birth. Oh my God. Because it was trying to crawl the other way through the eardrum. Yeah, I was going to say, it's probably trying to go into your head. One person had, uh, you know, those foam foam earplugs you put in to go to a show. Yeah. I don't know if they... They basically had one in for almost two years. Oh, my. And so when you went to pick it out, it would just disintegrate right in front of you. You couldn't use water because it was all stuck to the skin and the eardrum. So that was the hardest one I've ever had to pull out, but... That's crazy. How do you not know you have an earplug in your ear for two years? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe they go to a lot of metal shows. I don't know. My, <laughs> my hearing is awful from all of the shows mm-hmm. that I've been to with yeah. doing sound checks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, bang! And you're just like, not only there's that, that decibel range gone. Like, not only that, yeah. but 10 plus years working with heavy machinery. Yeah. Hope like, will be like yelling at me. I can't hear. She's yeah. like, what? You're so fucking deaf. Like, yeah. What do I'm you like, want from me? Pretty sure I have, uh, what is I it? Didn't tinnitus where it's just like, yeah, all the time in your head. It's like, yeah, we treat that a lot. Yeah, um, because I noticed at the Grouch Show you had uh, things in your ear, but it wasn't the foam earplugs. Mm-hmm. Are those like the custom decibel barrier ear? Yeah, they're just called musician earplugs, um, and they just there's a filter that allows speech in, but it, it dampens. It puts you in a safe range. Yeah, because when you put in those heavy duty earplugs, then you can't hear, and and it's like. You just take them out because you can't hear, and you know that you might sound messed up, you know? Yeah. So do you perform with those things in your ears? No, just sometimes that if I'm watching a show, I'll put them in. Have you ever thought about go. in-ear monitors? I've thought about it. If I, if I performed a whole bunch, I would. We make uh, Our office makes molds for in-ear monitors. They're, dude, in-ear monitors are so expensive. I've looked into them because my hearing is pretty bad. We, we opened for Lupe Fiasco in November, mm-hmm. and it was... One of the worst shows that I've played in like the last six or seven years. We've been lucky enough to play a lot of good, open for a lot of good mm-hmm. people, and we usually get good sound checks. This one, it was just we they didn't give us a sound check. Lupe just kind of like divided it, right? We, so nobody got to sound check, and it was the sound was so horrible. And uh, after that show, is like I was struggling. Like I could not keep my place of the beat. Like mm. I was like off beat. It was bad. Yeah, and I was just like, oh my god. So I thought about getting in ear monitors, and then I looked them up, and I'm like, for like multiple driver in ear monitors that are like custom molded, it's like thousands of dollars. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. But apparently, it's it's well well worth it if you play shows. Yeah. So I was Are curious I, about it. Well, we have obviously contracts with these companies, and 
Just, I mean, off air, I could definitely help you with that, and it won't be thousands of dollars. <laughs> then I definitely need to so. speak to you about it, because <laughs> I've been looking at rigs for, like, since November of last yeah. year. Yeah. I'm like, that and a, a wireless, nice wireless microphone are the two things that I need to always bring to we a show. We helped out a couple good friends, but also good bands that do what you guys do and tour the J- Jelly Bread. Jelly Bread, And then yeah. The Novelist. Okay. With Eric Anderson. Um and other people too, but uh, yeah, we got them some ear ear monitors. That's amazing. It's I mean, I just thought it was fitting that you're a rapper and you're also an audioologist right. as <laughs> right. well. Like it's like right. almost not even real. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> it's like, really? Like, if you were like, if you went on TikTok and you're like, oh, yo, I'm an audiologist and I'm a rapper, people like bullshit <laughs> like like there's no way but i think it's so fitting because you know it's i'm uh, glad my mom pushed me it, uh, it's amazing and it's i tell my kids now like, like how much easier it is to just study yeah so man you can fake it and walk in and try to get away it's so much harder yeah absolutely. just study and and so um and also i'm sure you know this with your sports background but man it's important to have that gpa up there's a guy, I give my son this story all the time, but um, just to illustrate how important that GPA is, there's a guy that I beat in high school by two seconds, full ride to Notre Dame. And I wow. beat his time by two seconds, and I asked my coach later down the road, like, I got offers and stuff, but, you know, they were mostly around here, and why didn't I get the Notre Dame one if I beat him by two seconds? He said he had a 3.8 GPA, and you had a 2.7. Yep, and he yep. says, he says when he, I'm like, I wish somebody would have told me that. I had no clue. It had, had, so I tell my son, I think has a really strong potential in football, and I tell him how important yeah. that is if it, he it, wants to get into. That's the exact, one of those choice schools. You gotta. It opens that, it up. Grades by, gotta be good too. I've been told it opens up by four or five fold if you have that GPA above oh, three sure. seven. Because that's the yeah. exact thing that happened to me. Like uh, I'm very much the same way. I didn't study. I slept through class. I walked mm-hmm. in, passed the test. Mm-hmm. Whatever, we're getting by. This, I know all this. I don't need to do homework, you know. Mm-hmm. And then um, I got some interest from the colleges around here and everything, but the grades weren't good enough, and I ended mm-hmm. up not getting any offers or anything like that. Yeah. So. Since this is yeah, Rab Dad podcast, yeah. kids, that it, is a big deal. It, yeah. it really <laughs> is, man. It it is it. I feel like um, it, back in – you're a little bit older than me. I'm a little mm-hmm. bit older than him. We're all relative in age. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, being like – school sucks was like a thing. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I Dude, don't think it's think, so much like that. I think about that all the Going time, Going to man. school is kind of cool now. Having an education yeah. is like legitimate now, like, which it fucking should be. You remember be. when we were younger and it was like, I don't read books. That's stupid. Yeah, you know? it's like no, yeah, read, want, read more books. Yeah. I read a lot be, of books. Read yeah. all of the books. Yeah. Do it. I it's, wanted to be like Ferris Bueller. Right? <laughs> and he didn't go to school. Yeah, it's like, no. Yeah. I'm, no. Just, I'm just trying to enjoy my life. That's like, I saw this um, little like Instagram clip of one of the one of the rappers these days, like uh, Young Boy or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, he, he was talking about how he dropped out in ninth grade. And they're like, why'd you do that? He's like, well, to chase my dream. I got a dream. It's like, well, you don't have to drop out to do that, though. You could still chase your like, dream. Get man. a high school diploma. Yeah. 
Like you don't have you could still do these things and chase your dream. You don't have to just I mean, give up all that stuff. There was that one He's very, very rich. There was one now, there was well, it worked out for him, but how many <laughs> other people does it? You know? Exactly a lot. There was like um a few years back, I can't remember, you might remember, there was that one kid who like turned down a scholarship somewhere to college to chase his rap career. It was a full ride scholarship for I think it was football or something like that. Turned it down so he could chase his rap mm-hmm. career. That's terrible. It's like you could still go play football yeah. and chase your rap career. You can like, you can be a football rapper. Yeah, I mean look at Shaq. Mm-hmm. He had a rap for real. Career. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, if Shaq could do it, shit. Yep. <laughs> no, that's amazing. No, um, all right. I don't want to go on too long. I know that uh, you're rap dad, and you probably want to be home in a little bit. So. We'll go ahead and uh, end all the questions, unless you have anything that you want to add. No, man. Just, uh, yeah, happy you came through, man. Been a big fan a long time. so Yeah, dude. I'm super happy that you came through. And uh, as you know, I asked for uh, uh, an album because we always do a review. Oh, yeah. I forgot about um, the review. We, we ask all of our artists, you know, to send us some shit that they've been listening to, they've been bumping. It doesn't have to be hip-hop. It doesn't have to be something that's that just came out. Anything like that. And you give a shot A. <laughs> Goddamn, my man. Sade's dope. Dude. I think she's the... I, I don't know if many people agree, but I think she has the best voice of any human, female human that's ever been born. I think her voice it's, is... It's and really And it's transcended. Satisfying. Here's what's crazy. Is uh, I remember my dad played Sade at the restaurant when I was like a little kid, you know, late 80s, and now she's still relevant. And she has... Um, I don't know. She's just been a huge soundtrack to, to my whole life. I love Sade. I was going to say, because you didn't send us a specific album. You sent us the best of. Mm-hmm. That greatest way hits. Yeah, the greatest hits. That way there's like a little touch of everything she's done in there, which is class. Thank you. I think that's great. <laughs> if someone's going to... Any guest's future, if you're going to give us a, a general... Uh, thing just make sure it's like a greatest hits album. I'm not sure. trying to. I'm not trying to listen to 43 albums. Yeah. Right. Um, so thank you for that. Well, but, uh, but sorry uh, to interrupt you. No, but go what, ahead. What's so interesting about her is a lot of people don't know she makes all her own beats. So originally, wow, I, when okay. I know that, so that, what, that changes. So when definitely. I was when I was originally interested is because I love those beats. And uh, in fact, here's a fun fact. Dialect told me this. Shock G, R.I.P. Shock G from yeah. Digital Underground. Yeah. Um, and I'm paraphrasing, but Dialect mentioned something to the effect that Shock G would tell him that royalty check-wise, it was either one of the biggest or the biggest royalty check that he would continually get was from the Shaw Day song, Cherish the Day. At the end of the song, it breaks into a, a, a like an outro. Mm-hmm. That's the Humpty Dance slowed down which Shock G produced. Yeah. And so he would get royalty checks from the Humpty. Wow. Yeah. and That's going to be amazing. Doubling dude. up on the Humpty dance dude, money. That's, oh, yeah. that's so amazing. I didn't know that she was the, the writer for Smooth Operator. Mm-hmm. I had yeah. no idea. I recently put uh, that song to like a skate clip that I did. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that's who it was. I, I, I've that heard was, that, Everybody's heard that song. Smooth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... That was like late no, 80s, like her I had no early idea stuff. That's who wrote, I never even thought about who wrote the fucking song. She was also like a model at that time. I know. It's crazy. It's like, with I, I will definitely admit to it, I slept on Sade. I don't know much about her at all. So this is all new shit to me that I'm finding out because you, you, know, you sent it to us, so I'm looking her up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I didn't know that she made her, you know, produced her own stuff, which I think is amazing, especially back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's, I mean, nowadays we got all types of programs and, mm-hmm. you know, quite a bit easier for people. She she probably had to play, like, instruments and, mm-hmm. you know, there's not like... I was going to say, yeah. The, she doesn't have an MPC 2000. The fr- <laughs> the f- like, definitely, especially on that, like, the front half of it... Um, it sounds like it goes. I mean, I'm. I don't know a ton about her either, but like, it sounds like at least the it's in like chronological order of her mm-hmm. career, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all the early stuff is at the front end, and that all sounds like a band is behind her, not necessarily like she. Yeah, she's. So I did see her live in, in MGM Grand in Las Vegas, and she Ooh. does have a band. Okay. But um, for a lot of those, like you can tell, a lot of those are like drum track produced, and then the band might play behind like a okay, bass okay. line, but she kind of directs all that. That's amazing, dude. That's so dope. That's super amazing. You know, I mean, I've heard that name my entire life. Yeah. I mean, rappers. How have many rappers to, have shouted her out? Exactly. Know? Like, I mean, sampled her shit. But I never listened to. I never. I don't think I've sat down and listened to one song yeah. ever. Um, and there's a reason she's iconic. It's like <laughs> he texts me. He's like, "This stuff's kind of put me to sleep at work." And I was <laughs> yeah. thinking about it, and I was like. There are certain people that, that this is their jam. They're like, fucking put some Sade on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just fucking barbecuing. Like, yeah. For me, it's like, I'd have to be like, it's more of wind down music for me. Yeah, sure. it's like, chill yeah. music. I have myself yeah. like, you know, a little beverage at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. Sun's asleep. Kicking it with my lady. You know what I'm saying? Like, That's exactly I can definitely right. see that. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> exactly, for sure. Yeah. Um, I definitely have a little bit of an appreciation. Like you said, it, it kind of goes through her career, so yeah. to say. Um, and... Uh, I mean, the progression is phenomenal, but there's not, like, one compromising song. No. Like, she's a professional through and through. Yeah. She's amazing. a pro. Like, having a career like that's got to be fucking exciting. Yeah. You, you, know? you sent it to me, and I didn't even, like, look at it. I just, like, I was at work, and I was like, boom, just hit play. Didn't even see what we were listening to. And then it starts going, and it's, like, 8.30 in the morning. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, shit. Like, <laughs> I'm going to fucking fall asleep here. But yeah. <laughs> I wasn't the it's, biggest fan of the front end, mm-hmm. but the back end is super dope. I got into the back end for sure. It gets a yeah, little bit more energetic a and mm-hmm. a lot more. The sound isn't as um, uniform almost. It's yeah. like, yeah. She got so. some slappers in there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I can't yeah. imagine like being out when those were like the singles coming out. Like, I know, right? Talk about fucking party time, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn. Everybody was so talented back then, man. Yeah. Seriously. Nowadays, we have like... It's a different little doo doo right? boy. <laughs> like, well, well you know not only that, but even like the, like production and stuff like that. It's like back then people played the instruments. People still do these days, but more more or less, it's on a MPC or something like yeah, that, which is a completely computer program, completely yeah. different talent, you know. But yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like, One thing that's yeah. cool about music today, though, is that we got in this rut where it was just so structured. Every song was a sixteen, followed by a hook, then a sixteen. Yep. Music today. Um, you do, sometimes you do miss some of the, you know, the, on the lyric end, but man, it's musical. It's definitely, you know, like you listen to a Led Zeppelin song and they might do their little verse and then it might go off on four minutes of just beat and the, the music just doesn't have these rules and there's no structure, but it's, it's music. And I've, I've seen that more with rap today. Yep. 
I agree with that 100%. No, very true. Kanye West, Kendrick Lamar, they, they really push that. Mm-hmm. You know, where there's not this, the beat might change 10 times. There, there used to be such structure. You almost had to do yep. 16 chords, 16 chords, 16. Which is crazy. That's so much writing, too, just for one song. Mm-hmm. It, and it, you do that, back then yeah. the albums were 20 songs long. You mm-hmm. do that 20 fucking times. That's this guy right here That's with true. six yeah. albums that he has <laughs> that he's sitting on. That's this guy right, right here. No, um, it's true, though. It, it's... Uh, it was kind of a crutch. It was always like three sixteens and mm-hmm. a yeah. hook, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But when you start delving out of that and you like you take a you don't just like rap over the beat, you make it a song. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a hook in there or that's or that leads into a bridge and then it's like it it's, it opens your brain up a little bit yeah. and then you start getting bored of the three sixteen shit. I feel like I very rarely ever write three sixteens for a song. I usually do too because I'm lazy. Yeah. But I have a song that's three twenty-four bar verses, and wow. then a four-bar, the hook is part of the verse yeah. every time. So it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like you can do whatever you want nowadays. It's nice. You it's, know who did fun. that? In the, it's funny because in the very beginning they did that. NWA was famous for that. Dre would switch the beat up like six times, and you'd go off on this bridge, and then a chorus, and then some lady would. Mm-hmm. So there was, yeah. So it's funny when you say the, uh, the three. Um, the three verses in a song. I've been, mm-hmm. in my entire life never written one song that had three verses that I wrote <laughs> until, and, t- and this is why I think this is so crazy. Uh, we talked about Tom Gordon earlier. He mm-hmm. does a recording class at UNR, and uh, he wanted to teach a class on, um, you know, vocal engineering. And so he asked, he literally called and said, Do you have a song that has three verses and I could get each engineer, all three, to come in and record each verse? And I just happened for the first time in my life to write a three-song verse, <laughs> and it was about tu- it was about Tupac and the death of Tupac. And it's Maddie, oh, wow. Idle Hand made. The- I'll send it to you guys. I think it's yeah, an interesting yeah. song. Hell yeah! But I went and Tom Gordon's class doesn't even start till eleven at night, and I had work the next day. I had to see patients at like seven. We didn't finish till five in the morning. Wow! Oh what, my what, lord! What Tom Gordon does is he he it's a process. He set up ten mics. And maybe one mic was used by like uh, for the Ghostbusters song, and mm-hmm. one, and he'll go th- into the history of each mic. But he's he's very strong on. There's a mic that fits you, you know, so you can't just use this one mic for everybody. He said Willie Nelson uses one of those uh, drum. Uh, when he recorded Willie Nelson, he had ten mics, and the guy who was his manager said he'll use that fifty-seven or whatever that that's usually used <laughs> to record the, the drums. Drum, uh-huh. yeah. And sure enough, he picked that one. But anyways, it was cool because, you know, I, I did a little part of the verse on each mic and then they would pick which one sounded best and it was cool. That's wow. crazy, dude. That's cool as hell. That's super crazy. Have you guys heard of this new way of recording? I noticed, uh, I saw a video, like Billy Eilish was talking about it and then Russ was talking about it on fucking TikTok. But it's like, what they do is they'll record 20 takes mm-hmm. and they'll take a piece from all of them. It might be one word mm-hmm. and they'll piece it together and make a verse. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what you do in a way, except mm-hmm. for like yours is like you, you already know what you want to keep. That gives me anxiety, dude. It's the craziest thing because you're looking at the file, and anybody that's recorded, you see all of the cuts, and there's no joke, three hundred of them in a verse. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that gives me anxiety. And and they place it in there one word at a time, dude. It's crazy. Well, it's it's crazy. It's called a uh, vocal comping, is what uh, it's called, mm-hmm. and it's like. 
you know how consistent you have to be? Yeah. In order for them to be able to take that many pieces of that many verses and make it sound like it all matches. Yeah. Like, I'm so bad at recording. Like, I could never do that. Yeah, people That's that crazy. can cut and paste, like Russ, he would do that. He, it's, you know, you'd do a few takes, and it, and then at the end, he would say, well, you did this one a little better at this yeah. word, so he'd move that word up. Yeah, Yeah, crazy, people that are dude. really good at engineering, like Russ. It's insane That's to me, crazy. Dude. Yeah, I just learned about it, and I'm like, what? Dude, and I started looking it up, and it's like, like, it gives me anxiety, because infamously, I bought this equipment over here in my living room so that I can record my own verses, because I was... Mm-hmm. Tired of like making people record me forty mm-hmm. times, mm-hmm. so I was like, I can't do this to people. Did you? And also, it started costing me money if I'm paying anybody to record me. Yeah, it costs like, a lot. I'm, I'm starting to cost myself way too much money, so I'm going to spend this three hundred dollars on the mic and the recording equipment. Just do it at my house. Yeah. Did you see? Um, I felt I, I incredibly opposed to it. But, I mean, all three of us are writers here at the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. They have an app now that will write songs for you. So, like, you'll put in, like, the first word or whatever, and then it will just kind of start filling out a song for you. Hmm. That's terrible. Like, what's the point at that point? I don't know. I feel like if you use it, it's just, you're going to get copyrighted. <laughs> like, we wrote that song yeah, for yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, don't, I mean, uh, yeah, no thank you. I'd rather take four months on a song. <laughs> well, that's, like, right? I mean, it's just weird because, like, I mean, it's, it sounds like, I know we do for sure. It sounds like you do as well, but you use it as an outlet. Like you were saying, you use it as therapy. So mm-hmm. it's like, that's, uh, that's smoke. Asks that me every time he hears a song from me, he's like, are you all right? <laughs> every time I'm like, I'm fine, bro. Yeah. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, I appreciate you checking it. Like I 100% mm-hmm. he's being authentic. He's like, are you good? And I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm fucking fine. Yep. This is how all my music is yep. because it is my therapy. Mm-hmm. It's like all of the negative and, bad thoughts that my brain are feeding me i get to put out into the music and it helps me be halfway normal in my normal life so i'm fine trust me if i start rapping about happy shit then ask me (laughs) if there's something wrong because then i'm like on some different shit no it's uh it's true it is a therapy it's an outlet it's especially now that we're both rap dads rap dads um one question i didn't ask earlier is how do you find time to write because you're a doctor. You're busier than we are, that's for you sure. You have a practice. You have multiple kids. Mm-hmm. You're obviously recording a lot. Where, how do you write? Where do you find time? You, you, um, it's rare that I sit down and write a whole verse at once. I take pieces. I might be at work and think of one little sentence, write it down, see a bumper sticker, write it down. And then if you listen to my, some of my songs, they're just all these thoughts just packed into one song. They're kind of all over. Um, that's one thing. And then the other thing I've learned is if... if your ideas come the first time you hear that beat. I never. I would always hear the beat, put the beat away. You have all your ideas the very first second you hear that beat, and you should write down everything at that one point, and then at least get that little glob down. I freestyle like a, a portion of my stuff. I like freestyle whatever the beat inspires me to. Mm-hmm. And I'll record it, and then I'll edit it. Like I told- I'll record it on my phone like a note voice. Yeah, the and voice, I'll, and then I edit it. Yeah, I'll, and I like make it fit and sound better and a little bit more technical. That's smart. That's it's the, the it's the only way I can do it. If I sit down and like try, I'm like I'm writing to this. It doesn't work that way. Nah, you gotta let it. It has to inspire you. I told Maddie because he he's so productive. He he'd yeah. send me like 20 beats and I would get <laughs> overwhelmed and I'd have no ideas. I'm like I do better if you just send me one beat. It comes and then I'm, and then once I have that down, I'm on to the next. You know? Yeah, seriously though, yeah. that's true though. It is overwhelming when you're like, oh, I like this one, and you you're like, oh, I like this one too. 
this one's good. It's like your brain doesn't have time to even register what you want to do with and the first one. And then you just one. black out. Yeah, you have no like, idea. Yeah, and then you're like overwhelmed. You're like, I have all this good stuff. Like, I'm sitting on a beat right now that I'm like intimidated by. I've had it for a few mm-hmm. months, mm-hmm. bought it, and I'm just like, listen to it. I'm like, I don't know if I'm good enough to rap on this. And that's the worst feeling ever. <laughs> it's like I yeah. bought it for a goddamn reason because <laughs> I wanted to rap on it. <laughs> and it's like it's sometimes a, <laughs> those are the beats you do something totally different on, like a singing joint or something just yeah, exactly. way outside your box. Yeah, no, true. It's like, and I went back. I'm like, I can't try to force it. I just have to listen to it and let what naturally occurs be what it is. Mm-hmm. Hasn't worked yet. <laughs> Still trying. <laughs> Still trying. <laughs> Yeah, I have lots of beats like that, and that's what I've found is that you, you might not even write it for yourself. You might write a hook for somebody who you think would sound cool here, and then all of a sudden, based on that hook, you can write an eight. You might go way outside the box on that and, and not even rap. Just sing a chorus that someone could do, and then the rap thing will come in naturally. Yeah, that's the best part. Of, that's kind of the fun part about the writing process is mm-hmm. you kind of never know what the hell is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But it's such a good feeling when you when you write something and you're happy about it. I think that like, it's such a good accomplishment where you're like, "This is dope. Mm-hmm. I like this a lot." Mm-hmm. I think going back to kind of your earlier question, I think that's my favorite part of the process. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I don't do it nearly enough. Not like I used to, at least. Like I, I don't write as often as I should. But writing, I think, is definitely my favorite part of the mm-hmm. process for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have a dad, so I like performing. I want all the, the attention. <laughs> Pay attention to me. Um, Pay attention to me. Well, there we go. Performing, recording, <laughs> writing. So there we go. That's funny how it works. No, I'm I'm hyped. Um, I'm hyped for what you're going to put out whenever you're allowed to put it out. Now that you you know, kind of got a management or boss going on here. Yep. Um, I'm I'm stoked for it. Um, but for now, you do have the one single out right now. Here she comes, and uh, I mean it's a goddamn banger. It's, it's super creative. You're always creative like that, and uh, I feel like you do a lot of like callbacks to like older music mm. that you listen to, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's amazing because I'm like just just a smidgen younger than you to where I still get it, and I'm just like that's dope. I love that <laughs> shit. Like I love it. It's uh, it's amazing. Maddie made yeah. that. Maddie with the beat on that just it couldn't go wrong. You know, he did such a good job on the beat. How, yeah. How could you be like? Yeah. I mean, you can't deny it. Which I mean, we're gonna end the episode with that song. Yes. So everybody that's listening is gonna get to hear it. It'll be on the playlist. And uh, if you like it. Go down to the playlist, follow the song, like it, add it to your own playlist because he's about to be dropping some yeah. some heat. Be on the here. lookout for so much much more. Stay on his uh, Spotify page. Make sure you follow it. All that good stuff because Richie's about to it's about to gas y'all. Yep, it's about to be fire. I yep. can't wait, man. I really. I want to say thanks for letting me be on this show and thanks for having me. I, oh, thanks for um, coming, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, in the future here, you're gonna be you know, releasing a legitimate amount of stuff. And we'd love to have you back once, yeah. you, once you do a drop and oh, you're going to be doing a drop. You know, I, I mean, I, the reason Mike and I started this was to, to promote the people that we look up to and that we appreciate. I mean, there's times that we've been on tour and you can't find anybody to promote your shit in a different city. And we want to do it for our homies, whether it's local or our homies that are out of state that we have friends that rap. So thank you for being on it. Thank yeah, you for man. being a dope MC. If, and yeah. like, in a lot of ways, man, you've helped pave the way for a lot of us here in town. You especially for this, especially for the style that we all do. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you're. Yeah. I mean, you're legendary status. Oh yeah, here, hands down. <laughs> I mean, I, you're so humble. You're like, oh no, but yeah. you, I mean, you are like you're absolute top tier legend, Reno OG, you, Demont, all. I mean, everybody that you associate with and work with, 
I mean, I've been looking up to you guys for a decade plus. Oh, yeah. Still do. Always will. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. come here and you're like, oh, you probably thought I stopped rapping here six albums <laughs> yeah, worth of shit. Yeah, exactly, right? That's why. You yeah, know what I'm anybody saying? who's ever asked me, like, who are the like best rappers in town, like, you're always on the list. So. Absolutely, man. man. That's yeah. love. Yeah. Thank you so much. So thank you for taking the time out to come here. You're a doctor. You write 94 albums at once. <laughs> you got multiple kids. So thank you for coming here because, I mean, everybody that knows about this podcast, we record it kind of late night. Yeah. So thank you for rolling through and... Love you know, answering my questions yeah, and letting me fanboy for a little bit. For sure, yeah. I've known you for a long time, and I've never got to ask you any of these questions mm. or sit down and have a conversation about this stuff. So thank you for yeah, it was me, awesome. Let me dig in a little bit. Man. We've bumped into each other a couple of times here yeah. and there, but never like actually sat down. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, here we are: the man, the myth, the legend, Richie Pinelli. He does exist? Yeah, <laughs> formerly known as Apprentice. <laughs> you know, he's here. Uh, by the way, uh, it's not like he's like unreachable. He, he does songs with people. We did a song together at my old apartment, mm-hmm. and then my computer crashed. So yeah. all of the my whole... Let's do another one. We will, definitely. When we're done recording this, I, I'm going to show you a beat or two cool. before you leave. Um, but uh, We need to do like a, a rap dad project. We should yeah. do Just a, get all the a guests rap, in. Yeah, do yeah. a rap. <laughs> we should definitely do that. <laughs> um, but we want to thank everybody dope. for listening. Um, we really appreciate everybody that supports us. I mean, yes. If it wasn't for you guys, we probably still wouldn't do this. So, thank you. Yeah, Make sure you. you rate and review, and give Richie a follow. Do it, man. Down in the description is going to be his Instagram. It's going to be his Facebook. It's going to be his YouTube if he has one. I don't know if he's dropped any videos yet um, that are out, and uh, also his, his Spotify page too. Yep, um, it's all going to be there. Go follow all of it. Uh, I can't recommend this guy enough. Fucking yeah. nicest guy ever. One of the best rappers that I know. Uh, top notch. And make sure you give us a follow, too. I mean, do it. You know, we're doing stuff, you know. Yeah. Follow Melancholy at Melancholy775. That's the one. You can follow me at Reno Junes and uh, follow this podcast. Yes. At The Rap Dad Podcast on mm-hmm. Instagram. Yes. All linked in the description. And we're going to close this, uh, this episode out with uh, Richie's newest single, Here She Comes. You got anything that you want to add, Richie, before we close it out, man? On the song, Here She Comes, some people might miss it, but I said she was my flavor, but I couldn't save her. Save her the flavor. <laughs> there you go. That's it. I, I just think, <laughs> anyways, that's it. Have a good night. <laughs> All right, we out. Peace. Trying to put you on, ayy. First time I met you, ayy. Your eyes shine my way, say, Whoa, now here she come. I was trying to put you on, yeah. First time I met you, yeah. Your eyes shine my way. Back when MJ used acronyms in conversations There was a PYT that he was always chasing And videos on top of cars he dancing serenaded This matched the PYT that I ain't seen in ages She had a black dress, silver stripe like the Raiders Last I heard she in the Bay relocate to Vegas We almost kissed junior high playing truth or dare Black sheep, she was my flavor but I couldn't save her Not a day I had visions, 50 shade of gray or even gray or hard to concentrate or even say a name or Now she's smiling, walking towards me, messing with the hair. Oh my God. Throw God. hands in the air. Oh now, here she come. Mm. Hey. I was trying to put you on. Hey. First time I met you. Hey. Uh. Your eyes shine my way.
trying to put you on First time I met ya your eyes shine my I way. never knew what love, 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 love that made you like All I did was stare and carry up the stairs Then we take off layers, go to bed, say prayers Wake up, repeat like stutters and pears And she said, skip work, you could just stay I said, you know I'm two scissors, uh Gotta chase paper, but tonight when I get back Think that later, uh I could rock the tux and you could go away uh, That dress that show your thighs and heels make them stay uh, We hit Mastro's, get steaks, not share Toast a nice bottle, age well like share French, maybe nice red Chateau La Well. Well now, here she come mm. I was trying to put you on First time I met you Your eyes shine my way Well now, here she come Trying to put you on. Mm. Put you yeah. on. First time I met you. Uh. Yeah. Your eyes shine my way. Uh, you've been on my mind this time. Ooh. I believe the love is strong. We belong together. You've been on my mind this time. I believe the love is strong. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.